0: We are in week four of the Love First series, and we are proclaiming to God that God first loved us, and God requires—well, God wants us to love God back with all our hearts, our minds, our souls, and ourselves. And one way we can do that is to love God. Another way is to love our neighbors— our, another way is to love the world, like we talked about last week. And today, we talk about how we can love God through loving creation. We are reading from the book of Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, um, chapter 29, verses 4 through 7. And then from the New Testament, Epistle uh, Romans, epistle means letter, um, Romans chapter eight, verses 18 through 28. So here are these words from Jeremiah: "This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives He has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens." and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare, will determine your welfare. And now from the letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 28. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, The joyful anticipation deepens. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. God does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to say that you are indeed our worthy and our holy God. So fall fresh on us. O God, fall fresh on us. Blow a fresh wind and a flesh Fresh fire, O God, so that we might know know, that we 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 are in your presence. Consecrate me now to Thou service, Lord. By the power of grace divine, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in Thine. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Speak, for we are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we are learning to love God more. We are learning to love each other more. We are learning to love our world more. And today, we, we learn to love our creation more. The Bible starts and ends with creation. The Bible says that in the beginning God created. And in Genesis at the very beginning and at the end in Romans, it says that there will be a new heaven and a new earth and all of the old things will pass away and God will wipe away our tears for God is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And in all of the teaching of the Bible, either Old Testament or New Testament, we are compelled to pay attention to what God is doing through creation. Now, I have to tell you, it's really hard, well, rather really easy to ignore creation sometimes, isn't it? We get in such a hurry doing our thing and doing it our way that we don't pay attention to the things of creation until they don't work the way we think they should work. We don't pay attention to the sun rising and setting until we're sitting in the dark because the power has gone out due to a storm. We don't pay attention to the air we breathe until we're coughing or we have an asthma flare up or it's just a little thick to breathe outside. We don't pay attention to how much trash we create until the landfills start to stink. And the places where we've gone to hide our trash begin to overflow. But the psalmist says over and over again that it is creation who praises God best. It is creation who gives thanks to God. And Moses reminded us that if we don't praise God, even the rocks will cry out. So I think God is telling us to pay attention, (laughs) to pay attention to the creation that God has given us and gifted us to take care of. In Genesis, it says that God saw that he, all that God made and it was good and the humans are to care for the earth. The Old Testament, Jeremiah, many of you know, is my favorite. Um, many of us know Jeremiah 29, 11, by heart, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a future with hope. But we forget the context of Jeremiah 29. You see, the people of Israel are in exile (laughs) they have been driven out of their home they have been driven out of their ancestral land they have been driven away from the things that are comfortable and the things that are familiar to them and they are in Babylon a place where they are political prisoners and they are there for 70 years as punishment For disobeying God. And in the first part of chapter 29, Jeremiah says to the people on behalf of God, he says, I'm going to give you this letter so that you will know what to do while you are in exile. You're not there just to take up space or breathe, take up air. You're not there to pout and be angry that things are not the way you thought they ought to be. But you are there to make a home for yourself. You are there to plant trees. You are there to plant roots. And you are there to create families. You are there to create... And to care for. So I think what God is teaching us there is that our wellness and our well being is not wrapped up in how comfortable we are, how convenient things are for us, but our wellness and our well being is wrapped up in how well we care. For all of God's creation. We're really good at taking care of our patch of the planet, right? We plant flowers outside of our houses. We do landscaping. We spend lots of dollars making things pretty. But Jeremiah, on behalf of God, says that if you don't take care of your city... then your little patch of grass is going to get some trash on it too. (laughs) Work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. This plastic... (laughs) will determine whether we have a place to live in 30 years. The use of this styrofoam will make a difference on the level of trash that spills out into your neighborhood. Whether we recycle or not makes a difference in what kind of air we will breathe. Seek the welfare of the city because your wellness, your wholeness, your ability to live an abundant life is caught up in whether or not we take care of God's creation right now. I think the second thing that God is trying to teach us today through the Apostle Paul in the letter to the Romans is that comfort does not equal wellness. Convenience does not equal wholeness. We've seen this come to pass through COVID and we've seen this come to pass as some neighborhoods during COVID were able to get healthy food and other neighborhoods realized that they were in a food desert. You know what a food desert is? It's a place where there's nowhere to get healthy food. This church exists in a food desert. There are very few grocery stores, and those grocery stores have very few access to healthy vegetables and other food that actually contributes to the wellness of God's people versus tearing down their health. Because it's been so injected with stuff to make it look good that it isn't actually good for us. This is demonstrated on a regular basis. Uh, I have a friend who has little kids and she'll often say that she hates McDonald's but it wins on convenience. Convenience. When there's nothing else to eat, there's a McDonald's, right? But even if you go to McDonald's, you can buy a 99 cent hamburger, but you need at least 8 or $10 to buy a salad. Something's wrong with that. Comfort and convenience do not equal wellness. And if we cannot be well, then we cannot live the abundant life that God has intended for us. And if we cannot live the abundant life that God has intended for us, it gets really hard to experience the love that God has for us. And when we feel unloved, we act unloved. And we treat other people as if we have a deficit of love. You, you see the connection here? The Apostle Paul said, What you see right now is not the end. The present hard times don't have anything on the coming good times but but it doesn't just happen he says that all creation is on hold until we get our stuff together That creation is actually groaning, waiting for us to experience and realize the great love that God has for us so that we can live this abundant life. And when we figure out that abundant life is available to us, then creation, creation will be ready. To rejoice. One of the most frequent questions that I get as a pastor is that age-old question, Dr. Bob, why do bad things happen to good people? Everybody wants to know the answer to that question. And, and, And in a way, they're asking a question about evil. Why is there evil in this world? And when we talk about evil and theology as pastors, we talk about different forms of evil, including natural evil. And that's where we begin to think about natural disasters and why floods and earthquakes and different things like that, tornadoes and different things like that happen to us that we cannot control. All of creation groans, the Apostle Paul says. And it seems like the the storms are getting worse than they used to be. It seems like they're more frequent than they used to be. It seems like the rocks are crying out, Miss Tenard, and that when the rocks are crying out, we ought to stand up and pay attention and say, where have we gotten off course? What have we done to make the earth shift, to make the earth dry up, to make Make the earth not yield the crops that we need to eat so that we have to have synthetic food that they don't tell you is not real food In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth And what God created God saw it and said it was good And God said, Take care, humans, of what I have given you. And then humans said, Okay, but I want to be like God. I I want to be like God, so I'm going to eat something that I was told not to eat. And once I eat the thing that I was told not to eat, I'm going to wonder why it made me sick. (laughs) And not only did it make me sick, but it made the whole earth sick. It made humans ill. It made the planet ill. It made the earth shift off of its axis so that we have earthquakes. It broke creation so that we have tornadoes. And evil entered the world and so bad things happened to good people. And Paul says God is waiting for us to do our part to fix it. So, our wellness and well being is wrapped up in the well being of the city, how well we care for God's creation. And since comfort doesn't equal wellness and convenience doesn't equal wholeness, present hard times are not forever, but we must work for it. Wait for it and work for it. Did you hear the Apostle Paul in verse 23 when he said, that is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are to become more joyful in our expectancy. How do we become more joyful? Work to eliminate food deserts, plant community gardens. We have a perfect plot out here to plant a community garden where we can feed people who walk up and down Peachtree Street and never have a vegetable. What else can we do? Eliminate trash. Eliminate as much trash as we can if you've ever come around here on a Friday or a Saturday you see that people just throw Trash anywhere and everywhere even if the trash can is right here, and they're standing right here How do we eliminate trash Don't buy plastic Don't buy styrofoam. It is more expensive and that is a sin and a shame and we ought to work to change that as the people of God. Understand that our actions have an equal or opposite reaction through natural disasters. If we're going to use, 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 the earth is going to continue to groan and respond to our overuse of it. If we're going to keep building houses where rocks were built up to avoid floods, we're going to keep having floods. If we're going to keep unearthing trees where they were planted to keep the earth in place and the air flowing, we're going to keep having tornadoes and all of the other things that happen around us. And if we don't do something about climate, we're going to burn up or freeze to death. I don't ever remember the temperatures in Atlanta growing up being as extreme as they are these days. But we love our cars and gas and lights electricity more than we love our planet. So I think the final thing God is trying to teach us today is that if we'll do our part, God will do God's part. In verse 28, the apostle Paul said, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives, our lives of love for God is worked into something good. More traditional translations of the Bible say, all things work together for the good Of them that love the Lord. So how do we love creation? Care for God's creation. Work for creation. And expect God to work it out. So what will you do this week? As a result of what you've heard today, what will you do to care for creation? I've asked you to download the worship guide and to begin to make that a practice for those of you who are more digitally oriented so that we can save paper, but also so that you can reference back to the tools that we are giving you to grow in your faith. And in this week's worship God, you have tips for how better to care for the planet. You've got some tips on climate justice. What does the Bible say? What does the United Methodist Church say? What do the facts say? And what should we do as a result of what we've learned? And we have that guide also for sustainability and for clean water and for food justice. Share these tips in your community, because if the whole neighborhood doesn't do it, you're going to end up with trashing your roses. <laughs> so what is one way that you can love God? Love your neighbor and love the world. They're caring for creation. This week. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life.